um, hello everyone and uh, thank you very much again to Gillian Pum for the great opportunity and setting the scene so nicely. So I'm just going to jump into my talk. Um, I've got um, yeah, a bit of intro here. Right, so I'm going to talk about a little bit of the sort of extreme end of the example here. Um, it's engineering doctorate or industry doctorate centers and they're changing the names um, recently. So it's a bit of sort of, you know, um, complexity of changes happening. Um, are you all familiar with NGD? More or less. Yeah. So You've heard, I'll, heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting one, but it's not widely spread. That's kind of another issue probably we can discuss a little bit. So um, I've done a sort of, you know, study um, over a year or so ago um, we see EPSRC and also Association of the Engineering Doctors, ANGD, um, to look at the impact of engineering doctorates. So they are doctorate research students but they don't call themselves PhD. So NGD is doctorate but not PhD. And uh, the study was kind of a pilot study aiming to understand the impact of NGD. There are lots of good stories and the industry likes NGD a lot but it's kind of difficult to really put the evidence what's good about NGD, what's the difference between PhD and NGD. So I was involving that and I wrote a report. So this, the talk I'm going to give sort of is based on that and throughout this, throughout the study I spoke to industry partners, industry sponsors who post-doctoral students and then I kind of asked the differences between PhD and NGD uh, like a case industry case studentship and KTPs with PhD so there are a number of sort of you know, different schemes so what I'm sort of trying to do is not just talking about NGD as NGD but it's kind of trying to highlight the diversity of spectrum of different schemes trying to put doctoral students with employers or industry partners so that's kind of my angle so um, yeah, then I'll sort of come to what other transferable lessons from this to other PhD program, including Center for Doctor Training, CDTs or DDCs, how we call it. Okay, right. So I'm just going to start with one, one, one sort of slide, quick literature review, if you like. I've just sort of, you know, look, did a bit of sort of review of recent studies in higher education, and this is a series of sort of changes in doctorate sort of in education reconsideration of the purpose of doctor training, um, you know, misalignment and inefficient issues, and then impact of doctorates, and then recently um, some of the nice concept professional identity, what are the professional identity of doctorate, and then kind of, you know, addressing reforms like looking at reflectivity, interdisciplinarity, engagement enterprise. So there are like a kind of, you know, lots of agendas, lots of recommendations and suggestions, but as um, Julian sort of Palm already mentioned, there's lots of pressure and in reality it's difficult to do everything. So, and then again, this has been already covered, sort of starting from Robert's review 13, 14 years ago until now. So what I'm sort of trying to say is here, there are lots of different sort of policy initiatives, including researchers' skills development issues, postgraduate skills issues, and then research impact issues, and then university industry collaboration. That's the kind of, you know, the, the kind of perspective I'm focusing on here as well. So these kind of different policy initiatives coming from different objectives seems to be kind of merging together. 
surrounding the doctoral training issues and kind of researcher career issues and so forth. So that's a kind of interesting. And then yeah, sort of innovation studies and kind of innovation studies and higher education studies that's kind of I kind of come from, I work in. There's a number of number of little literatures and then I think the key thing, the kind of nice message is recently people are sort of saying the previous sort of you know, literature all sort of you know focused on intellectual properties and transaction between university and industry, but what is important is people. Right? So people, mobility, relationship, that's what matters. So that's kind of you know good context and it's kind of you know in a way highlights the practices, micro dynamics of relationship building. And then another sort of you know point I wanted to sort of highlight at the beginning is kind of lack of understanding about the educational impact of university business collaboration. <coughs> And a couple of people um, at University of Cardiff, Imperial College, and um, Newcastle, they did a kind of report for the European Commission recently, and they did a kind of quite sort of big report about how to understand <coughs> the impact of university business collaboration, particularly focusing <coughs> on educational aspects. So it's kind of this kind of moves towards looking at not not like only commercialization of research, but more like a kind of on the ground relationship building, learning, skill building, teaching and so forth. So that's a kind of another intro. Just quickly, just kind of set the scene. Um, engineering doctorate is an interesting one because it started over 20 years ago. And it is kind of the origin of the cohort-based research sort of training. And that's what the EPSLC's website says. The big change happened in 2009. They changed the name to Industrial Doctorate Centres. And at the same time, CDT was created. This is all EPSRC sort of funding sort of schemes. So other research councils do it different way, but this kind of you know, similarity is emerging. Another sort of you know, key change was like two years ago, the 2013 CDT core put IDCs and CDTs together. That means those centers who run engineering pro programs had to compete with all the other PhD centers. That was a bit of sort of a you know, challenge. I think it was quite a challenge for NGD programs because, I mean, obviously the competition was high. Before that, there was different sort of pots of money. So that's kind of, you know, kind of, for me, it's quite interesting issue how you fund these different set of um, centers and how you really, you know, allocate resources. I'll come back to that later on. And then, as I said earlier, there's different ones like individual studentship, like CASE or KTPs, and of course, industry directly fund PhDs fully or partially. So there's a number of different things. And then, um, yeah, internship, as I mentioned earlier, like a BBSRC now kind of ask all the PhD students to do some sort of internship as part of their sort of study. So these things are all coming in, but indeed it's a kind of sort of extreme end of um, collaboration. Why? Because um, students spend 75% of time in industry rather than in the university. So out of four years program, about three years they're in the company site and they do talk courses at the university typically in the first year. So it's a kind of interesting sort of, you know, translating, transferring sort of an exercise. They do the sort of, you know, training in the first year, including transferable skills, you know, things, and also kind of technical things, disciplinary based things as well as business management courses. So they are expected to be really part of the commercial environment, working closely in the market, focusing on the technology areas. So this is kind of STEM-based research 
program, but kind of hybrid with business management courses as well as sort of transfer level skills. So they take a lot in the kind of taught courses element and then practice it as a kind of researcher, R&D problem solving in the rest of their doctoral courses. So they are based in the company and then come to meet academic supervisor occasionally. So it's kind of opposite of kind of more common industry PhD. It's kind of the other way around, isn't it? But in this case, industry is the driver and many of the industry says we have more control of how the project goes, which is nice. Not like a PhD student disappears to the university and come back six months later. We meet them every day. So we know what's going on, we own it. So industry has got real engagement. I think that's a kind of key thing. And in a way that makes sort of transferable context different from kind of more conventional sort of, you know, PhD with industry engagement at varying um, degrees. And uh, yeah, there's different sort of types of um, um, doctoral students. Some students could have come and get the you know, scholarship stipend and then matched up with the companies. But in some cases, companies send their existing employees. So in that case, it's more like a kind of you know, continuing professional development and they want to keep good people. So there's a kind of different motivation and different sort of incentives doing um, NGD. Right, so this is a kind of summary of what I did actually over the five years um, um, at different universities actually. And um, the, the, the key one is 2013-14 um, when I was at the um, University of Manchester at the business school and I worked with EPSLC and ANGD and uh, looked at 2009 cohort of industry doctorate centres. So I look at their mid-term review documents um, um, submitted to EPSRC in 2011, so it's, that's a kind of their self-evaluation there of their impact. And then I interviewed 15 industry sponsors across 10 different sectors, and then interviewed um, alumni of NGD programs at different centres at different time period. So it's kind of small scale. So I'm not sort of saying this is representative of sort of you know whole NGD, but it kind of highlights a number of issues and kind of similar traits were emerging across the across different IDCs and NGD centers at different points in time. And then I've done a kind of more recent interviews um, since I moved to University of Edinburgh um, with kind of with two specific IDCs and then I contacted their industry sponsors. So that gave me a kind of interesting sector-based perspective of each of the IDCs. Right, so because of the sort of time limit, I'm just going to jump onto the kind of overview of what I found. So, so this is kind of generic findings. I'm going to come to more kind of micro dynamic sort of transferable issues later on, but this is kind of general framework. I wanted to kind of come up with something simple, and I must admit, I think that picture you showed earlier probably influenced my thinking in terms of using <laughs> these <laughs> shapes. This is a nice way of capturing different sort of, you know, competencies. So, so, so this, this, what, what this shows is really what are the impact mostly perceived by industry partners. But it's a kind of mixture. I also ask alumni who work in industry or sometimes alumni work in university as academics. And uh, academics sort of mention some of the impacts as well. So it's a kind of mixed view, but I just try to make a kind of true course menu of what could be the expectation from different stakeholders. So one is knowledge-based benefits, like conference papers or, you know, scientific kind of codified 
knowledge as well as more tacit knowledge like understanding of the potential market before reaching you know commercial area like a knowledge about the technology and potential market that's kind of knowledge-based benefits and then it could move on to innovation and commercial processes it could be IPs it could be you know increasing sale time sort of you know cost saving market innovation organizational innovation there are a number of, sort of examples and then the key one is really people development everyone every in industry interview said it's people it's how you get good people and recruiting the good doctorate students is one of their objectives and again this is the difference between the sectors but when the condition allows most of the most of the industry sponsors want good graduates so that's kind of from the NGD but I think that's a kind of probably quite sort of a generic hope of sort of industry working with you know, collaborative doctorates and then open innovation and collaboration this is kind of a nice one but this one very much depends on the sector some sector are much more competitive some are much more collaborative and the doctorate centers IDCs play kind of key role in putting partners <coughs> together sometimes they create a new um, NGD project and uh, the, the nice story was like a one company come up with their program like industry problem and the other company sort of you know sponsored it and they hosted sort of you know the students like a 50 percent each so this kind of innovation as a sector through the doctoral sort of you know, um doctoral training so this is kind of overall view and then what i did was kind of made a kind of indicators some are quantifiable some aren't so there's a mixture of sort of tangible, intangible, and there are different time scales. So you can't really measure everything, but I just wanted to make a kind of list of the things what people thought was an outcome from doctorate sort of um, collaboration through the sort of training. So knowledge, base benefit, innovation, commercialized, commercial processes, people development, open innovation, and collaboration. I'm happy to send this over. Right. So so these are the sort of four routes to impacts. Mostly people looking for knowledge benefit, knowledge benefit and people development, innovation kind of you know, valleys on that kind of context. But in the case of NGD, innovation and commercial processes is quite sort of unique because students are really sort of situated with customers on the market. So now I'm going to go into, next sort of in 10 minutes or so, I'm going to go into the bit sort of you know, nitty gritty and the messy side of the story. Um, I kind of named it like a microdynamics of boundary spanning. Boundary spanning is kind of a nice word. And uh, there's a nice kind of uh, um, paper published by um, um, da, 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 um, Gertner and David Charles and the, sort of, you know, the, the colleagues. Um, they, they're looking at knowledge transfer partnership, KTP, which is kind of similar in a way because the KTP associate work in industry and then work with academic supervisors. So this is kind of three kind of partner relationship and then KTP associates the kind of boundary spanning kind of agent and they kind of call it like, you know, community of practice and then how they sort of shape up, translate the different messages sort of through university industry. I think similar things is happening there. So translating two languages, dual identity as, as they call it. So they kind of build transferable competences throughout this sort of process of boundary spanning. That's a kind of nice storyline, but in practice, there are a number of barriers and in unintended costs of doing this. So I think sort of from university's point of view, like a kind of cost of, you know, in industry collaboration is like 
IP issues, delaying publication, or like a compromising academic freedom. But then this more kind of micro level costs and difficulties students are facing. But I think these stories are not quite well captured. I don't know sort of what what your views are, but when I kind of you know, spoke to the students, they're very critical of their own experiences. It could be um, it could be just one sort of center training them to be quite critical. I don't know. But when I spoke to industry um, partner from different IDC, they showed quite concern about the difficulty of carrying out the the project within the company. And one of the industry supervisors said, we need to protect them from day-to-day -day job. So there's a number of sort of number of issues. I'm going to sort of give you uh, some 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 quotes as an example. And uh, um, Butler and Jeffrey, um, they 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 compared industry case and NGD students. They did a sort of survey work, so it's more kind of quantitative sort of you know thing. But they talk about students have limited legitimacy, so their voices are not sort of you know well heard by 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 the industry or by the university. So that that's kind of similar issue um, was found when I was interviewing. And also the the industry mentioned that we need to raise more awareness. They need to raise awareness. And some IDCs are kind of you know increasing the training and raising awareness with with industry supervisors. So these are kind of already um, pick, pick, picked up. So it's not really new, but I just wanted to sort of highlight in this transferable processes what the issues are. So this is just kind of an example. Well, this is probably not 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 that new, but sort of you know students saying they're alone, but then they're alone in the company because no one no one understand their research. And he or she said, unlike PhD, well it's probably same same for PhD, <laughs> but um, they they think sort of nobody in the you know in this uh, nobody in the company understand what they do and makes you feel very alone, but also develop strong skills in resilience and independence. In a way, it's a nice statement. These, these students kind of, I, I kind of interviewed are towards the end of their um, program, so it's kind of final year, sort of, sort of looking back at their experiences. And another one says, um, it's kind of, you know, third eye, like a being outsider as well as the insider, but managers don't listen to what they say. So it's a bit like sort of three years, they kind of emerge into the, you know, organizational culture and being embedded in it, but they don't quite feel their voices are hard. Well, that's kind of interesting, but a bit idealistic, possibly. And then one of them sort of said, I think this is kind of, kind of quite realistic way of translating transferability to gain a compromise between what the different stakeholders want from the project. Me, my company, my industrial supervisor, the university. So in a way what they learn is kind of juggling this different expectation from stakeholders. I think in a way this is very well put in terms of sort of you know, what is transferable in the in that sort of context of being boundary spanner. And uh, another sort of you know, interesting quote here I picked is different views within the company, like a senior manager's sort of top level wanted a kind of long-term view where the company goes, so they went for the university to conduct this research project. Not like a just technology piece, but more like kind of finding out their future directions. But industry supervisors on the day-to-day -day level, he wasn't quite picking up that message. So the students were kind of, kind of 
caught in the middle of this big long-term vision and the short-term income generation commercial values. So it's like a transferability, not between academic context or training to practice, but it's like within the organizational context, they have to transfer different visions and kind of, kind of interesting leadership, sort of, you know, training um, processes happening here, I thought. But that's the kind of, you know, reality they are struggling. And this is kind of one of the first cohort students. So I think they had to sort of, you know, kind of, kind of, um, yeah, sort themselves out. So in a, in a way, they were sort of pioneer. So this is just kind of, you know, um, different stakeholders view. Academic managers, this is kind of, you know, nice to have people sitting in both end. This is a great one, knowledge transfer. An industry person saying, NG is great. It kind of, you know, it helps, but we need both PhD and NGD. So it's kind of, you know, nice kind of bigger, bigger um, perspective. So just to summarize from this kind of quick overview of NGD journey, um, um, kind of key points about sort of transferability, the development of prof professional identity in the workplace. There's much more to be understood. Putting students in in the in the workplace does lots of good things, but the cost of the collaboration, the kind of passive processes of overcoming barriers and tensions, needs to be more kind of you know vocalized needs to be legitimized as part of the learning process as part of the sort of doctoral training um so that's kind of sort of yeah more understanding and support how do we do that that's a kind of a you know, difficult part i don't think it can be trained in a direct way but kind of how to make transferable learning processes in a more explicit way and how the doctorate centers kind of raise awareness of that, including the supervisor, students, and at different point in time. And in a bit more sort of institutional policy side of things, what I wanted to um, sum up is, yeah, I think, I think I liked this sort of NGD while I was doing all these interviews, but I think after all, the variety is really the important thing. I mean, NGD doesn't get huge amount of money. It's quite small. So although industry really appreciate that, within the sort of huge PhD landscape is a tiny bit. So they have to be maintained, but also it has to be kind of, you know, positioned. It has to be visible in relation to other schemes and all the kind of complementality with CDTs and NGDs needs to be kind of, what's the word, better, better sort of structured, I think. It's kind of really my, my personal sort of, you know, observation at the moment. Um, people development is obviously all the industry interviews emphasize. So that kind of brings back to the issue of educational impact of university business collaboration. And that's the core business of the university, but I think there's not like a kind of strong message about university business collaboration and about sort of, you know, sort of educational impact. I think the impact agenda is a bit sort of split between research and teaching. So that's kind of probably something we could think about in the next sort of step. And uh, yeah, the obvious sort of you know, conclusion is within the industry, in, I mean, all this impact are talked about, but then when the people move, it's just gone. So short, mid, long term, some of the technology impact sort of, you know, happens after five years, 10 years. So how do we ensure the system and the funding cycle of all these centers are like a five years? So this, that real challenge 
how to continue this relationship building in a sort of short, mid, long term. I think that's it. That's it. So I just put the link for the report, and then I'm just creating a bit of sort of visual website. Which the second one is not working yet, but hopefully it will work sometime next week. So I just put it uh, for information. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you.